Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This year, we're unwrapping Christmas traditions from around the world. And speaking of Christmas traditions, <laughs> ours is to put out milk and cookies so that our favorite film critic, podcast host of Linoleum Knife, Who Shot Ya, and Breakfast All Day, and also, most importantly, the author of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas, Shimmies Down the Chimney <laughs> to All Things Cozy HQ. There's an image. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Alonzo Duraldi. Oh, Merry Christmas, Matt and Jillian. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It uh, wouldn't you know, be Christmas without you. Well, you put cookies out, so I will show up. And dry banana bread. <laughs> it was a sight to see to see Alonzo squeeze out of the radiator in my living room. It was really something special. Well, it's Christmas magic. <laughs> Our episode today is really focused on... Christmas traditions, mm-hmm. some of which are near and dear to our hearts. Some of them are just wacky <laughs> worldwide traditions. Yeah. Global, international, yeah. International flair. Yeah. I, I think what's fascinating about the holiday is how different it is from country to country. Yeah. And, and how often things are changing. You know, I mean, you just look at, at the United States and how much of like our current perception of Santa Claus was, you know, given to us by the Coca-Cola company, you know, and how much uh, the idea of what the season even is, you know, I I think when people talk about the 12 days of Christmas, you you often have to remind them that Christmas is the first day of Christmas uh, (laughs) and not not the 12 days leading up. It's actually the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany. But once the, you know, sort of shopping season kicked off after Thanksgiving, then, you know, it sort of skewed our notion of what the Christmas season even was. So, yeah, it's it's very subjective and it's constantly evolving. Yeah, absolutely. Even when I was doing a little research into the traditions that my family did, but are coming from different parts of the world, mm-hmm. the time frame is totally different in terms of, because it's America, and in America we get our shopping in early, because capitalism. Of course. <laughs> um, but before we dive into Christmas traditions, we're going to check in with what's making us feel cozy this Christmas. Alonzo. Please kick us off. What's making you feel cozy this Christmas? Well, I have to say it is uh, the weather in Los Angeles. <laughs> it so has good. been so wonderfully cool. Like uh, the day before Thanksgiving, it started raining and we were getting temperatures mm-hmm. like at night in the 30s. And, yeah. and even in the day, it wasn't getting up past about 60 or so, which I know if you're in Chicago, you're thinking, ooh, summer. <laughs> um, but, you know, for us, this is this is as wintry as we get. And so the fact that, you know, when I get up in the morning, I have to immediately throw on my flannel robe, you know, and make sure that I've got something on my feet or it's going to be Any excuse to put on that flannel robe yeah. oh, heck yeah. is cozy. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been very generally cozy. Y'all have talked a lot on this show about how it's tricky to pull off cozy in, in the tropical yeah. climes that we live in. But, uh, yeah, lately it's been very accommodating for coziness. Yeah, whenever I look up the weather now, it's like I hit the jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. My mom visited for Thanksgiving and she was not having it because when people are visiting from the Midwest or the East Coast mm-hmm. during the winter oh, months, they, they want it to be to warm. Be 80 degrees all and year so long. She was mad the whole time that it was in the 30s. I was delighted. <laughs> I, I used to work uh, on Hollywood Boulevard in an office, and you could always spot the tourists who just assumed that, you know, LA was Tahiti all year yeah. round and they'd be in February in shorts looking miserable. Mm-hmm. Well, even when it is warm, it's still going to be really cold at night. So you have to prepare for. Or, exactly. You know, I didn't bring realize a jacket, that before you moved No here. matter when you're coming. Totally. But it's also, I get a kick out of seeing people in their big puffer jackets when it's like 50 <laughs> oh, yeah. degrees. Oh, There's yeah. That too. We, yeah. The, the locals overdo it a bit. That's always a treat. 
Jillian, what's making you feel cozy this Christmas? Well, I always look forward to my annual dinner with my family before Christmas in the city. It used to start off going to see the Rockettes, which I've talked about. Yeah, before. how long has it been now since you've done that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think the last Rockettes I saw with my mom was about when I was 24 or 25, and I was seeing it since I was six. Wow. So, so I've seen it so dolls, many times. Though? Knocking the dolls, but that was something I did look forward to every single year when I was little, mm. getting the dolls. I would sneak off during the show and mm-hmm. get me one, and I would always be so amazed how it showed up under the tree, and that was such a big treat. But it slowly became a chore, <laughs> as one can imagine. I could, I could do the show myself, do my little kicks, but we still do dinner in the city, which is a lot of fun. Now that my dad is in Manhattan, he can, he can join in. Um, but I, I don't know, we're kind of thinking, I was thinking me surprising my mom didn't get you the Rockette tickets because she's a little disappointed, I think, that we don't do it anymore. I think that would be lovely. I think it'd be lovely, but yeah, it's, it's really a Well, something. good thing she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's she never listened. <laughs> it would require you then having to watch the show again, but you know, that's yeah. the sacrifices you make for your parents. I'll, I'll be able to do a leader show some wine before and just... <laughs> Have they changed it a lot since you used to see it? Or is it essentially the same show? I think I talked about before on here. The only time they changed it, they tried to make it modern where Santa was Skyping in with his elves. Afterwards, my mom's like, this isn't the show I remembered. Oh, wow. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) In her accent that she doesn't have. But I like giving her that accent. (laughs) So, yeah. Then they they switched it back to the traditional, you know, no no technology. Because the elves were dancing with cell phones. It was a whole thing. (laughs) Nobody wants that. No. That sounds like Hocus Pocus in the all-new sequel, <laughs> which is yeah. still I can't get over the fact that they named their sequel the all-new sequel, <laughs> where basically it's Hocus Pocus, but with cell phones. <laughs> and they're they're flying on a Roomba. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm no. not excited about this sequel. What's making you feel cozy, Matt? Oh, thank you for keeping me on track, Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> What's making me feel cozy this Christmas is Christmas linens. Ooh. So I've leveled up in terms of my decor. I should say our decor with my husband. My husband's a huge piece of this because I, I've been in my mind. I'm like, I want to get a tablecloth sure. for Christmas because we the tablecloth we have is like tropical again. It has like pineapples on it and stuff. Mm. And it doesn't feel right in December. So we've been talking for a while about how we wanted a Christmas tablecloth. And then he reminded me. And so we went crazy at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. So I got Christmas towels. I have a Christmas... Um, nice. shower curtain and Ooh, gotta check that out. Christmas dishcloths nice. and a Christmas tablecloth. And so I feel like I'm one year away from having a Christmas bedspread and two years away That'd from having a Christmas cozy. toilet cover. That's like, <laughs> that's like where we're headed. <laughs> I would recommend uh, William Sonoma's post Christmas sales. Yeah. You can get mm-hmm. really good deals good on this tip. stuff. That's where we got our like festive red and green plaid tablecloth. And it was a, a, a much more reasonable price than had we, you know, I'm going to check that out because preseason. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, and now it's nice to have every room kind of have a thing going on. Sure. You yeah. know, not just the living do it room all, now. Do it all out. Yeah. Cause it's, I feel like my, my parents always did everything Christmas decorated. Like in the bathrooms, those little washcloths yeah. and the whole thing. I got it now. Yeah, now you're really in the full Christmas spirit. Every year I see those Christmas peanuts uh, sheets in the Vermont Country Store catalog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, next year. You got to go for it. <laughs> Maybe next year. Take the plunge. <laughs> it is delightful just to be like going in the bathroom and see this Christmas shower curtain. Yeah, everywhere oh, you I go. Bet. Transformed. Well, your house looks lovely, by the oh, way. Thank it you. Does. Really it's all, gorgeous. It's all decorated now. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Thank God we have a garage because I don't know what I'd do with all this stuff if I didn't. 
It's the price you pay for being I think, festive. I think we have a dedicated closet. Yeah. <laughs> just just, all just year Christmas. Round. Just Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> My issue is I have Halloween stuff too. So it's oh, a whole, of course, yes. whole other level of like too much stuff to store. <laughs> Do you have a Halloween shower curtain? You know what? That's going to happen probably next, <laughs> next year. Next on the list. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> All right. Let's dive into our main segment, Christmas traditions. Now, I feel a little bad having this like famous movie critic here <laughs> for who specializes Where? in Christmas. <laughs> you, Alonzo. And we're not even going to talk about movies, although we can a little bit. Uh, you know what? People should, if they have not already, can dig back into the the archives yeah. of All Things Cozy. We do. We talked about Hallmark movies last year. Yes. And before that, we did Love Actually right. and White Christmas. White Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to fry people out on, on my topic. And I'm enough of a Christmas obsessive that I was like, I will do your Christmas show happily. <laughs> and we can talk about Christmas, mm-hmm. anything you want. And so, uh, yeah, I think the traditions is a fun idea. And, um, yeah, let's dig in. Yeah. So each of us have a different topic or two, um, either from our own experience or for from things we've researched. So Alonzo, let's start with you. You're the guest of honor. Oh, okay. What's a Christmas tradition that you would like to share with us today? So my parents were both uh, immigrants from Spain. And one of the things that they brought to our household in terms of the way that we celebrate the holiday is the concept of Noche Buena, which is in Spanish literally means like the good night. And what that means is December 24th, is when in in Spain and a lot of Spanish-speaking countries in, in Central and South America, uh, that's when they'll do the big Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, it, you know, more of an American tradition that the 25th is where you really kick out the jams. But this is a big dinner on the 24th. And so for my house growing up, um, it would kind of dovetail in with... Uh, church services. So like when I was a kid, there was a children's mass that that our, our local Catholic church would do. It would be at like five o'clock. So we'd do the mass, go home, have the big dinner. And then uh, I would go to bed, you know, and wait for Santa Claus. And the older, my older siblings and my mom would go to midnight mass. And then when they would come home, they would wake me up in the middle of the night and say that Santa had come. <laughs> and so I would then groggily, like, you know, open a bunch of presents and then we'd all go back to bed. Uh, and then when I got older, I would I would go to midnight mass as well. Um, but, yeah, so so the 25th in my house was always kind of an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, let's go to the movies or something. But the 24th was where you would really do the thing. Now, uh, the, the most traditional thing for, for a lot of uh, uh, countries for the Noche Buena is you do the roast suckling pig, uh, which we would occasionally have. Like there was a place in Atlanta that would you could buy a whole or a half one. I won't go too much into detail because y'all are both vegetarians. I'm sure you'd be <laughs> horrified by it, but they were delicious. Um, Does it hurt the pig with a, an apple in its mouth, essentially? Uh, the apple is optional. I'm, but it was, I'm imagining that, or like a roast yeah. beast I mean, it's a it, it Kind of like that, yeah. I mean, it, it, and the, I think suckling is the key thing, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a younger baby pig. So it's not like this gigantic, you know, a, a full-size pig would, would be enormous. That's more your kind of luau thing. But oh, these so you're were, eating babe for Christmas dinner. Basically, yes. And babe was delicious, and knew what he was doing when he gave his life for our, our <laughs> yummy, yummy dinner. Um, but that was the exception. I think we, we did that maybe twice in, when I was a kid. Usually it was just like there'd be a turkey and there'd be a ham because I'm the youngest of seven. So like, you know, it was a full table. Uh, and my mom would do this marinated shrimp every year that was Ooh, really that great. Ooh, that sounds really good. And yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, a lot of why I'm such a Christmas obsessive now is because it was so great. 
great uh, in my house growing up. The, those memories of getting to hang out with my family and the food and the music and all the stuff that was involved in it, you know, it's, it's, it's why it's maybe the person I am today. Is there a dish that you used to eat that you make sure you have every year that needs to be there for you? You know, I tried doing the marinated shrimp myself a couple of times, and it's it, it's not that hard to make, but people don't know how to eat it. Like, I've tried serving it, and they don't get, like, because it, 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 it it's swimming in this sort of marinade of, like, you know, Italian dressing and onions and capers and whatever else, and people don't know if it's a soup or what the deal is with it, and so, like, it would just sort of sit unappreciated on the table. So yeah. I kind of, I, I haven't done it in a How while. are you meant to eat it? Usually with like toothpicks. You know, okay. you just pick the shrimp mm. out and eat that part and leave all mm-hmm. the marinade stuff. But I guess I just didn't, didn't explain it well enough or something. Put up a little sign next <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, because the was underappreciated. It sounds so good. I should have instructions, yeah. But no, so maybe one of these years I'll, I'll do that one again. Yeah, beyond that, not necessarily. Like, I do love a honey-baked ham. You know, mm-hmm. that was a, that was the thing that, that my mom would get. I do also like a, a big part of the the, the, the Noche Buena uh, is there's certain kind of desserty candy things involved. So like there's turron, which is there's a hard version that's kind of like peanut brittle, but made with almonds and it's thicker. Um, you know, you kind of like basically hit it with a hammer to, <laughs> to break it up. It's not thin the way peanut brittle is. Or there's a soft version, which is like kind of a, it's almost like a brick of harder almond butter, I guess, is, okay. is the comparison. So those are really good. And then these things called piñones, which are pine nuts, but covered in uh, uh, white, uh, in like a, a sugar coating. So they look like Tic Tacs. Oh. But they're actually just little pine nuts just covered mm. in sugar. And oh, oh, that's very interesting. The best. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love those. So if there's a few stores in in town that will have like, hardcore Spanish stuff. And so I'm always on the lookout for, for Turon and Piñones. What store is that in LA that you go to? Um, there's one that's out that I, I need to go to. And I still haven't been that's out like near the beach, mm-hmm. uh, that a friend of mine who lives out there keeps recommending to me and I check it out and I'm blanking on the name of it. And there's also latienda.com, okay. which is a website that has like, you know, if you need, if you need a, a, a paella pan of any size <laughs> if you if you want to like stock up on like you know your your chorizos or your hams or your whatever they got they got your spain your spain food covered it's interesting before i met my partner i didn't know that the 24th was a huge thing for people as opposed to the 25th you know waking up middle of the night yeah and, yeah uh, yeah and I, I don't know exactly the I, I was trying to do some research into the origins of that and i'm not entirely sure but i do know that in spain and a lot of other catholic countries yeah. that for a long time uh you opened your presents on january 6th because, really? because the three because the three wise men brought them like kids would you know, literally thematically that does make a lot more sense it doesn't it yeah <laughs> Very Kid, by the book <laughs> kids would write letters to the three wise men and that's who would bring the gifts and so um so yeah so like noche buena is sort of kicking off the christmas season like what we were saying before about the 12 days of christmas and all um and i think more and more as sort of american media and other things encroach uh santa claus is taking more center stage in right. a lot of these countries and from what i understand now like for kids in spain there will be like a santa present at the beginning of the of the season and still the three kings at the end of the season that's actually my experience too and i think it's the catholic connection mm-hmm. i come from a very catholic polish family and so i think we mentioned we discussed this very briefly maybe in our first christmas episode we yeah. were like oh yeah i only did christmas eve too ah. where christmas day is 
to me, kind of depressing. Like, the party is over. Well, yeah. It, it does feel like an afterthought. It's like a hangover. You're just sort of like, is this... <laughs> and it's kind of depressing because it's like, this is it. It's over now. Like, this is the very last drop of Christmas. Yeah, as soon as it right starts, now. it's done. But... Christmas Eve, though, is all about this anticipation of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting. No, you can feel the tub is draining yeah, on right. Christmas Day. And you're trying to, like, mm-hmm. hang on to whatever's left mm-hmm. as it all slips away. Right. I think it, my sister's husband does the seven fishes. That oh, something? that's an Italian thing. Yeah, the, yeah, mm-hmm. they're very. They his parents are born in Italy, so it's like a huge, huge thing. Yeah, yeah, the feast of the seven fishes. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know. We guess we just always did like a, a nice little dinner on the twenty fourth, and then mm-hmm. the twenty fifth was the big enchilada. Yeah, but right. it does. I, I think it's there's something to be said about doing on the twenty fourth because there's just so much more excitement and happiness to go around because you're anticipating the next mm-hmm. day. No, no, absolutely. Uh, and and so even though like Dave and I will open presents on the morning of the twenty fifth now, which somewhat makes the, the day a little you know gives it a little more sparkle. Right. I still like having the dinner on the twenty fourth because yeah. yeah, it is sort of about kind of launching this whole twenty four hour period of just like awesomeness ideally you know? yeah on christmas day i'm just lazy i just sort of hang around the house mm-hmm. and watch movies don't oh. do much at all yeah yeah we have we, we've we've worked it out now to where we have we do dinner on the 24th and people come over and then we have a friend of ours who does a big thing on the 25th so we'll yeah we'll totally laze around until we have to like get dressed and get you know get ourselves together to go to the other house mm-hmm. and be fed by by them there is by the way a new movie called the feast of the seven fishes oh. that is set in like Pennsylvania, West Virginia, in 1983, uh, and it's a very funny comedy. Um, and it's it's currently streaming. It's coming out on Blu-ray in mid-December. I, I recommend oh, it. It's, okay. a, it's a charming little movie that I, it came kind of came out of nowhere, and I really liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I want to see that based on your recommendation. I was listening to Linoleum Knife, and you had been talking about that. It oh, sounds cool. good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fun. My traditions are very similar. Mm-hmm. So again, Christmas Eve in Poland, it's called Vigilia, which is like. Kind of like it's from the Latin root waiting. You're waiting for mm. Christ. <laughs> Looking at your watch. When's this kid coming? Where's that tardy messiah? <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a big dinner. Very similar in the sense that you have a huge meal and then you open presents on Christmas Eve. So I would remember as a kid, I'd race home from the party for my family, our dinner, and I'd get to open my presents as soon as we got home that night. Mm. And we'd do midnight mass. That would be a thing that would be happening. We've kind of dropped off on all of that extra <laughs> yeah. stuff. We actually do go now to the kids' mass because oh, we want to get there early. My mom always needs to go to mass on Christmas Eve. So we'll go to that one because it's early and then go to dinner. Get it done. Or have dinner. Usually <laughs> she'll ideal. make food. And one tradition from Poland that I would say like has definitely made it over <laughs> the ocean and stayed there was um, the apłatki, which is this wafer that you give to your family members. You break off and you give them a blessing. Oh. Um, and so it becomes kind of like, it's kind of like if you're a Catholic, the peace be with you mm-hmm. sort of thing where you're mm-hmm. shaking hands all around with people. With a little Eucharist thrown in. With a Eucharist thrown in, exactly. <laughs> so you break off a piece and then you take a piece of the other person's wafer and eat it. Nice. And do you they, guys still they, do it? We still do it, yeah. It's kind of stressful. It's like you kind of have to give a little speech to everybody. And by oh. the end, by the end, you kind of run out of nice things to say. And you're just sort of like, I love your sweater, you know. Or, you know, you just give a blessing. Like, may this year be lovely. I love you, blah, blah, blah. Is it a big yeah. wafer? Or? Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty big. It's like the size of like a CD. Yeah. And then but, but you have to like mentally angry. figure out, okay, I can't go too big on this piece. Yeah, that's that stress me right. out. I don't, yeah. but, then, but then usually what happens is you try to budget it early on because you don't want to run out. And then now you have this a whole bunch of wafer left over at the end. You're like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> that um, last person gets a whole dinner plate. You know? Yeah. 
I was like, oh, you know what? My my kind of like bastardized Chicago versions of these real Polish traditions are a little bit like Polish light. So I'm going to like go <laughs> do some research on what Polish people actually do. And what's funny to me is the, the Apłatki, like we just do it with people, but I didn't realize in Poland, they also give it to animals. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. And the, they tell children that if you share it with your animals, especially like farm animals, they can talk to you at midnight. That's pretty cool. So I finally, like, these message boards of, like, this, like, one woman was like, I really thought that uh, my cat would be talking to me by midnight. I gave her the <laughs> That's really cute. That sounds like a movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's an old TV special called The Night the Animals Talked that's about the animals that were at present at the nativity mm-hmm. in the in the barn where Joseph and Mary... Well, now you know why. Yeah, yeah. apparently so. It all ties <laughs> into this thing about, you know, Christmas and talking... Uh, goats. The other thing about um, the Polish Christmas Eve dinner is that, again, very Catholic, so no meat. It was just fish. Oh, and really? So, yeah. Sounds like my kind of so Christmas. So even if it wasn't a Friday, still no meat? Yeah, still oh, no meat. And carp being typically the staple. main entree, the staple. What Polish people do sometimes, I, I was, again, reading this, and it's dying out. Like, a lot of traditions kind of go in and out of fashion mm. because it's kind of seen as cruel, but they get a live carp and they put it in the bathtub. What? I guess until they're ready to kill it for dinner. It just seems like a lot of extra work. I don't know yeah. if they thought that'd be like the freshest thing ever, but a lot of Polish people will say like, oh yeah, I remember looking at the carp swimming in the bathtub until you know, bathtub. mom was ready to decapitate it. <laughs> it's funny. There's actually, uh, again, not to drag film into everything, but there is a movie called A Fish in the Bathtub uh, <laughs> that came out in there the late go. 90s. Uh, it's one of Mark Ruffalo's first oh. films. It stars mm. uh, Anne Mira and Jerry Stiller. And... It's just it either just got or is about to be reissued. Like they did a new 4K restoration of it. It's directed by uh, Joan Mifflin Silver, who's a, a I think a, a, an American filmmaker doesn't get enough credit as being like a major female director, sort of after the studio system and and you know in the early years of what we would call like 70s American indie cinema. Is it a Polish family? In it's movie? not, and I don't think the, it's. I don't even think it's tied to the holidays. Oh. There's just a, there's a thing involving a fish in the bathtub. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess it keeps it a, fresh. I don't know. Interesting little tradition. I imagine it'd be kind of traumatic for the whole. I know children. it just seems like a torture chamber before you kill it. I don't know why you're dragging this out. Yeah, yeah, and, and then just the idea that like then yeah you're right beheading or whatever you're doing to the fish becomes part of the ritual of making the yeah. dinner. You know. And now your whole house smells like that. But anyway, that's what people that. would do. And you have a fish bath. Yeah. Another <laughs> thing that. I guess is more common in Poland is they don't do their tree until again. This is my understanding through reading articles. I, a Polish person probably is listening to this and they're like, no, <laughs> this is not what happens. <laughs> what I read was like the tree is like a really a Christmas Eve or the day before, like the 23rd mm-hmm. thing. And it stays up until February. Another thing too, after dinner, like it's traditional to sing Christmas carols, which I do know a lot of friends whose families do that. They sing after dinner Sounds horrifying. It does sound horrifying. I don't <laughs> like it at all. It. No, I, I'm so glad that we don't holiday. do that. It's really stressful. No. I don't want to sing on a full stomach either. Everyone's like burping through the lyrics. Well, as long as they're not like, as long as I'm not giving a solo, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? So. <laughs> do you know any uh, Christmas carols in Polish? No. I, I don't know any in yeah. Spanish, so. I, though I do know a couple in Latin because we learned them in, in junior oh, high. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen friends who will be posting on Instagram their like Christmas Eve dinner thing. And there are a couple people I know who like, and then all of a sudden the singing videos pop up of them. They're in, they're singing with their aunt by the piano. They and do it's it like, joyfully or, <laughs> you know, honestly, grudgingly no one looks like they're fully enjoying it except for yeah. like that one, like, like wine sopped relative who's like totally just 
drunk this is and their, carried yeah. away. Their moment. And no one has forced them to share that on the internet. Though. So clearly <laughs> yeah, they're into it to some They want to show off their skills. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Don't make me sing. But yeah, that's that's kind of a similar thing where Christmas Eve was much more of a big deal in my family than Christmas Day. Hmm. Yeah. So I, instead of traditions, I research cozy folklore, Christmas folklore. Oh, okay. Um, because I'm just a hodgepodge of ancestry. I don't really have, you know, Poland or Spain or anything like that. So... Um, but what I found was pretty interesting in the Ukraine, there's this, um, myth about this widow who lived with her children. They're all very poor and they didn't have a Christmas tree, but they had a pine cone that, um, grew into a Christmas tree, but they were, didn't have any ornaments to decorate it. And so they, the kids were crying knowing on Christmas Eve and Christmas day would come and they'd have no ornaments to decorate it with. So I guess some spiders heard the kids crying and so they decorated the tree with spider webs and in the morning with the sun all the spider webs were glistening and were golden and silver and it was this beautiful display i love this halloween crossover yeah right. <laughs> and it trapped all these bugs <laughs> and these what beautiful it, bugs in the tree like <laughs> ornaments and what i didn't realize is that was kind of the inspiration behind tinsel oh because oh. you you think about all that that pretty lace and it's silver catching the light yeah. catching the light and uh, I guess a lot of people in Ukraine decorate their trees with spider webs or, you know, like spy- obviously they fashion in fashion. Their own sp- yeah. yeah. And oh, things wow. like that. It's supposed to be good fortune for the new year, which I thought was a, a cute little story. And I had I had no idea, especially that it was tied to tinsel. Hmm. That's cute. Imagine some little spiders coming yeah. to save the day. That's a great tip, too. If you're like a goth family and you want to do <laughs> yeah, Christmas tree go. that way, you, 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 can, you have something to connect it to. Oh, I'll tell you, the the goths have, I, I, I don't know if it's just, probably this predates the Nightmare Before Christmas, but I have, they have really gone whole hog on this holiday. Like I yeah. have seen, you know, the whole like people who will take last year's spindly dead tree and mm-hmm. then hang it from the ceiling upside down, oh, boy. And, you know, to cover it with the spider webs and the bat ornaments and the whole, like there's a, yeah, there's totally a goth Christmas going on. <laughs> well, we'll don't know these goths are being cozy. They're just yeah. participating in yes. Ukrainian tradition. And so then my other piece of folklore, which I had no idea about until this year researching was the Yule cat in Iceland. Who it doesn't sound cozy because this cat eats little children. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this big monstrous cat. And so the premise is if you don't have any new sweaters or new clothes to wear on Christmas Day, the cat eats you, which sounds very dark, especially for impoverished families. Mm. But the cozy part behind it is that it's supposed to inspire people to give to others so they don't get eaten. So give you a sweater, knit you something, especially knitting in Iceland is so big and things like that. This cat is essentially Meryl Streep in the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> this all sounds very classist. Yeah. <laughs> That's Are we what really that... supposed to believe that billionaires care if poor children get eaten by cats? I don't. When I first read it, I was like, oh my God, this is horrifying. So you're being punished for basically having no money for a new sweater, but that was supposed to inspire people to give. And of course cats. So I had to include it. So that's my little forklift. Well, Iceland did give us the Yola Boca float, which I thought, I think I learned about from you guys. Really? The yeah, the, the the whole tradition where you give a book for Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh, that's before right. Before going to bed on Christmas Eve, and like, you 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 know you read it in your. That's in right. Your that was in the Huga sheets. book, right? Yeah. Uh, which I just think is, you know, and Dave and I did it a couple of years and I asked him if we were doing it this year. He goes, I'm too tired on Christmas Eve <laughs> to read anything. <laughs> but I love the idea of it that, that you sort of, you know, get you, you get the ball rolling early with with a book that because a lot of people I know, they'll um, they'll get 
new Christmas jammies as mm-hmm. a gift on the evening oh, yeah, of the twenty fourth, and so they wake up on the twenty fifth in their new in their new jammies. And one year he did surprise me with uh, these. The they uh, Target put out these holiday bed sheets that were like you know they had like snowflakes on them or whatever that I thought I just remember seeing really in the cute. store. Think oh that was cute. And then uh, you know when I when I went to bed that night he had put them on the bed with Aww, them. That's really Christmas sweet. linens yeah. saving the day. Yeah, totally it's nice about the to, Christmas it's linens. It's cozy to wake up in fresh sheets and yeah. especially new jammies. Yeah yeah yeah. He'd even wash them on the slides so you know because God you don't want to take this stuff out of no, the package or put no. it on yeah, exactly. No no no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the folklore that I looked up is also not necessarily cozy, but I just find it kind of fascinating. Uh, and it's Krampus, um, who has become uh, more popular in the U.S., but like there was a long time there where it really had not been a thing. Um, I had never heard of Krampus myself until uh, 2004. Uh, when it was featured in the Venture Brothers Christmas special. Oh. <laughs> uh, that show on, on Adult Swim um, where, where they accidentally summon the Krampus. And, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's been around for centuries. Very popular, I think, in sort of northern and eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically the, the anti-Santi. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's the, he, he travels with Santa Claus and where Santa Claus gives you know, good children uh, gifts and candy or whatever. Uh, Krampus follows behind him with like a bag of sticks and steals away or at least somehow uh, punishes naughty children. Beats them with sticks? I, I think so. I think yes. worse, actually. It, oh, it depends. Really? Yeah. Kidnaps them outright. I don't know if he eats them as well, but, you know, it's it's a thing. And so in a lot of cities you will get, you know, in, in parts of Europe, you'll have these Christmas parades oh, where like the Santa will arrive and then Krampus will arrive as sort mm-hmm. of like a warning, you know, to kids. And, um, and of course, you know, European Santa traditions are there own ball of crazy like the dutch have this whole weird thing with like you know th- there's a david sedera story called six to ten black men um oh, where, that's right you yeah. know where santa has these like helpers and you know and they're often performed in these parades by like white dutch guys in blackface and you know it's just sort of like i don't know if that's still happening Pretty so much in the 21st festive. century yeah. but you know it was a thing for a while there uh but yeah but but so Krampus is part of that and you're seeing it more in the US like there have been several Krampus horror movies and mm-hmm. you know it's become the kind of thing that you'll you'll see on like you know when when people do wacky you know Christmas ugly sweaters or whatever um but yeah it's this sort of cool pagan ritual that has you know sort of roots in ancient mythology as much as you know Tanta Noel does. Well, I love the name Krampus. Yeah, K K R A M P U S. Gradually, we're just mixing Halloween and Christmas together. It's going to become the chocolate and peanut butter combo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving is just going to get completely erased exactly. <laughs> in the middle. It'll be the, the whole fourth quarter will be right. whatever yeah. this hybrid <laughs> holiday is. Yeah, that Krampus movie that came out not too long ago, I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it, it is. The the, the uh, Michael Doherty's, uh, uh, I think it was, I forget now what year it was, but yeah, it was fairly recently, and uh, with Tony Collette and Adam Scott, and it's, uh, yeah, because it, it, it really sort of leans into... A lot of Christmassiness, you know, like it it literally opens with Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year over a shot of like people in a frenzy, like in a department store on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's also creepy and unsettling. And and, uh, it's it's a good sort of intro to the basic mythos of of this uh, of this figure. Yeah, all the things that come before Krampus are really funny. And my favorite thing, too, about it was that you actually kind of get 
decently invested in the family yeah. and certain members of it so much so that like, I mean, they, when they start to go, <laughs> you're like, no, not grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the ending is, I, I've seen various interpretations of it online, which is always cool. It's like, yeah. Cause you're left going, wait, did that, are they, is it like the, there's, there's a couple different ways you can look right. at what, what actually happens there. It's, it's worth checking out. Oh, for um, sure. On, on the topic of some traditions that are a little bit before the holiday, Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned the jammies. Yes. There's also St. Nicholas Day or St. Nick's Day. Mm. Did either of you celebrate that? No. No. I think it's more of a German thing. Um, I remember learning about it in school. There was a day that we all put our shoes outside the door. Okay. And then they were filled with presents, I guess, probably by some teacher's assistant. I don't know how that happened. Um, but interesting job. I know, right? Stop Ooh. presents in your... Yeah, put, smelly kid shoes. put some small gifts in these stinky kids' shoes, yeah. please. I mean, it's a, it was enough of a thing in the Midwest that my mom tried it a couple of times. I remember when I was really young, it was never something that was a thing I could count on. Mm-hmm. But I remember a couple of years where you would leave your shoe outside your door and then you'd wake up on the morning of December 6th. And it'd be like stocking stuffers. It would just yeah. be like little small gifts in your shoe. On December 6th, you said? Mm-hmm. Same next day. I, I think I've heard about this in terms of, again, one of those sort of stepping stones to where we are now with Christmas. Yeah. That the the whole notion of both of St. Nicholas and of gifts being delivered got incorporated into the Christmas celebration. Right. And then it becomes important the size of your shoe. So a lot of kids, I guess, in Germany, like try to get a big boot they put out so they can get more. Yeah, gifts I guess in I didn't it. realize that's pretty unfair. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, get some Ronald McDonald clown shoes. Really I would have really ranked up. it. I'm a nine and a half, which is pretty. Yeah, and I, I, you're right. I think that that's a tradition that led to just the stockings hanging over. That comes from a, a German tradition. There, there are other countries that celebrate it too. It really went all around the world. Yeah, all <laughs> to Germany and Iceland, all over Eastern Europe yeah, <laughs> and Western Europe. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, it, it, because it's a Christian holiday. Like, there are a lot of places in the world where it's not really a thing. Right. Like when I lived in South Korea for a year, like Christmas is celebrated, but really more in like it's a very secular holiday. Sure. And it is because like ooh, pretty lights, and there are plenty of Christians in South Korea, but it, they don't have a lot of like kind of the funkier traditions. The one thing I did see is that eating KFC is oh, Japan. I was just Japan. about to say I'm obsessed yeah. with the KFC Japan. <laughs> they thing. said that you need to get a reservation at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have really to book it early. Book so early. I, I, this I know about. I've actually done some research because I just find this endlessly fascinating. Apparently, there were some American tourists who were, or not tourists, the Americans who were living in Tokyo in the early 70s and could not find a turkey to cook because mm-hmm. it's a, you know a lot of places it's not a common mm-hmm. fowl to be found in stores or whatever so they they started this tradition where like they would have KFC on Christmas and somehow the restaurant kind of really sort of like leaned into that idea and so now it's become this huge thing where every year you you pre-order in advance your your Christmas dinner and it's like really elaborate and you can get it with like champagne and cake and all these you know like you know the, the, there's a whole like a uh, Kentucky Colonel thing where like there are KFCs in Japan that have like bourbon bars, you know, wow. n- not, not, not a dessert, but like an actual yeah. bar, you know, where you sit and have bourbon. Um, and uh, I have several kind of like toy tie-ins where like you have the Colonel dressed as Santa and there's these little, like there's one that's, it, it's like a little KFC restaurant and, and KFC Santa sits in the chimney and then you stick <laughs> these little things in the side that have like pictures of fries or, you know, a chicken mm-hmm. leg or whatever. And whoever gets the 
one where Santa pops out, like, wins or loses or whatever. And I saw that, and I was like, I need to have this. <laughs> There's a whole Instagram account for Alonzo and Dave's Christmas decorations. Yeah. What's Dave, that called again? It's, it's, it's DXAX Tree. <laughs> and uh, Dave started it because he, he said that, you know, he would, he would show pictures of our Christmas tree in, in December on his Instagram, and some people would be like, uh, okay, I'm muting you until January. And uh. other people were like, oh, please, more, more. So he decided to start a whole separate account. So if you want more Christmas, it's there. And if you want no Christmas, it's not on his regular No, I love it. Oh, yeah, it's very the delightful. ornaments and other things you have are, so for the decorations are amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's we're, we're both kind of Christmas besotted. So, you know, we've, we've accumulated a good chunk of stuff over the years. Well, it's becoming also like a catalog for you. Every single item is being <laughs> archived. Well, and, and that's the thing, I, you know, Dave loves like you know. It, I think in another life he was a librarian. Like he would, he would, he would be very happy to like have a whole Dewey Decimal System for our Christmas <laughs> collection. So yeah, it's given him the opportunity to kind of take stuff out of the box earlier and sort of like organize it and categorize it. Because like this year we have, uh, we just got a, a six foot artificial tree. Uh, to go because we didn't we didn't think we were gonna be in town for Christmas. But that was gonna be instead of having a living one, and now we're gonna have both. Uh, but he wanted to sort of color code what the ornaments for that tree mm-hmm. were gonna be. So doing this Instagram account kind of gave an excuse to get into the boxes early and figuring out what we have and you know put them putting them all together. But yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm super into the whole because so much of like I said, so much of 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 what we think of as Christmas traditions do come from commercial impulses or 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 literal advertising yeah. that it's just it's, it's fascinating to see this this whole how KFC has become the center of how Christmas is celebrated in a not specifically Christian country right. you know in the case of Japan Well I was I don't know if you know but I was just there in a few weeks ago and they're really I mean there's so much Christmas stuff to go around and I was researching it cuz I was curious like how invested you know, mm-hmm. Christmas is there, and apparently it's kind of akin to Valentine's Day. I heard oh, okay. that oh. that it's actually they treat Christmas or people treat Christmas like it's a it's Valentine's like a, like Day, like a date holiday. Yeah, it's like a date holiday. You don't get off from work, but it's kind of a romantic mm-hmm. holiday. Mm. And I kind of could see traces of that, and when when I when I was there, but just yeah, lots of cute Christmas decorations and shopping, and you know, I I, I think the British have gotten really good at secularizing Christmas and making it just a real big to do, you know, Mm -hmm. like you watch those, those really elaborate, TV commercials that their department stores create yeah. every year. Even know? like Love Actually is so exactly. Rich yeah, with Love Actually and and even Last Christmas that came out this year really kind of gives you this idea of. I mean, and I'm sure in both cases they're they're exaggerating it and they're they're shooting you know this this street but not that street. Right. But like you do get this sense of London as being this just like beautifully lit and and really kind of like everybody's just celebrating like crazy and mm-hmm. um you know thanks to youtube now we get to finally see like the john lewis ad every year or the marks and spencer or yeah. whatever you know there's a great if, if you if you look in youtube there was a uh one year the spice girls did ads for tesco which is a big grocery chain over there and they're hysterical <laughs> i love the paper hats they wear during christmas oh, lunch yeah. out of the christmas crackers yeah <laughs> i've done that a couple of years but yeah like i i think you really had to grow up doing it to appreciate yeah, it. yeah and, and then it, it's like why is this on my head yeah, yeah. You I, like right. I never at really it. got it you got a thing on your head there's like some crappy little prize and then a dumb joke you know? right I, i've been listening to there's there are several uh 
podcasts about Christmas now coming from uh, south of the equator. Uh, and so hearing them talk about how, like, they, they love to do up Christmas, but it's, you know, the middle of summer for them. Right. So, like, the whole notion of, like, the the Victorian images of the snowy Christmas are, are completely, like, not what they're dealing with. So they're they're doing the cracker, but they're also sweating through <laughs> the paper crown. Um, yeah, there's a show out of New Zealand called Tinsel Tunes, where they talk about the history of different Christmas carols, and then one called Christmas Potting. Um, these two, this man and woman who are just obsessed with Christmas and, and like super enthusiastic about stuff. And, um, it's funny cause like I'll, I'll, I'll binge and listen to like two or three episodes and I'll start thinking in their accents. <laughs> well, speaking of Christmas traditions and, and special occasions, You've been going to a ton of Christmas cons yeah. lately, Christmas uh, conventions. I, I went to the, yeah, the very first Christmas con happened this year in November in Edison, New Jersey. And uh, yeah, it was, it did so well. They've already announced that next year they're doing another one in New Jersey and one in Los Angeles. So we're lucky. Yeah. Now um, you have a whole circuit to run. As if your season yeah. wasn't busy enough. No, it's crazy. But, I, you know, I it, it is weird that like... It's it's such a great idea. I'm shocked nobody thought of it before. Yeah, well, it's kind of like almost like a traveling Christmas market, really, but with celebrities there from your favorite Hallmark shows. Yeah, or... it, it, so it's a mix of things. Like you can see Santa, mm-hmm. you can like you can shop these different vendors that have all this really cool stuff. But then they, it's also like Comic Con, where you, there's the whole room of just like you know where you get your picture Lacey taken Chabert. with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But instead of like the stars of Xena Warrior Princess or whatever, it's Lacey Chabert and and you know. Cameron Matheson and and you know Andrew Walker and like these Hallmark Lifetime you know uh, Christmas movie stars and uh, and yeah it's it you know we're, we're getting we have something called Christmas Land Experience happening here in Los Angeles on the fifteenth of December uh, that I'm going to be part of. There's they've already announced uh, something in Nashville called Christmas in July that's oh. going to be happening in the summer. Uh, so yeah, this is becoming a thing now. I think in, in the way that like. If you are a comics sci-fi person, there's like various cities throughout the year having these events. I think Christmas is now kind of joining their ranks and it has a fandom that is really hungry for this. Yeah, stuff. I'm surprised no one's cashed in on it earlier, like you mentioned. It yeah. seemed like a cash cow waiting to happen. Yeah, the, these four women in New Jersey who are friends, who are fans of these movies, thought, hey, what if we did this? And uh, and like as soon as I heard about it, I contacted them. I was like, I, I really need to be there. And so <laughs> thankfully they agreed. So I, I moderated a couple of panels. I did one with other Christmas podcasters because there's – a lot of them mm-hmm. out there now. It's it, it's it's amazing. And then I did another panel with women who uh, write a lot of the films, uh, and then also with Joanna Wilson, who's a, a Christmas TV archivist who's fascinating. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 to this day, kick myself. My friend William Bibiana years ago said, you should do a year-round podcast devoted to Christmas movies. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna listen to that? Clearly, a lot of no, people. Yeah, and, no, here I know. We are. And, and now there's like there's at least three that I know of that are yeah. year round Christmas movie podcasts. I'm like, oh, how did I miss that train? Well, so. you know, it, it stays special with you, Alonzo, because it's only mm. once uh, a year. I, you know, believe me, if, I, if Dave were here, he would laugh in your face because <laughs> you know Hallmark's been doing Christmas movies weekly throughout the year, and I have been there for yeah. it, you know because it's it, it 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 has become my. Uh, I don't know. It's just it, it it is my balm against an increasingly terrifying world. <laughs> yeah, just lose yourself in all those movies. It's exactly. Nice. And now Netflix like, has a ton more too. Like yeah, I just I watched, watched the few. night before Christmas. Yeah. Which it's no Princess Switch. It is no Princess Switch. But I, agree. I did like 
it's funny. My, my, I was watching it with my mom, and she made me pause it to figure out, like, okay, so when in England was this? Because she loves to be on her iPad when she's watching a movie to look up all the facts. And she's like, right. okay, so in England in, in 1334, and I'm like, you're taking this too seriously. Wait, like, that's the one with Vanessa she's Hudgens? Like, yeah. yeah. She's, like, you're, she's okay. looking up, like, who is the king at that point. It's like, the, yes. the writer of this movie has no idea who was king at that point. <laughs> um, Everyone's got way too good of uh, dental work in this film to I be thought it was, oh, yeah. 14th thought it was century cute. England. I think yeah. Vanessa Hudgens is actually a a pretty okay actress. Oh no, I'm totally down for. Yeah, her. I, I, I thought she up. was like pretty, pretty good. And I was wondering myself, like, why? As I was watching, why isn't she in more things? Well, she she works. I mean, she was in that the the TV Rent Live. Oh, that's true. Yeah. She played uh, uh, not Mimi. She played <laughs> the, the the performance artist. You know, the, uh, the over the moon. Yes, that yeah, one. The the Adina Menzel character. Exactly. Yes, she played her, and then she uh, she had this. A, a sitcom that I thought was hysterical, but unfortunately didn't last very long, called Powerless, and it was it was technically in the DC universe, but it was set in like kind of a third tier city, so it wasn't Gotham City or Metropolis. And she basically worked at a company that invented stuff that protected regular people from superhero battles. That's amazing, so, like this sort of you know umbrella that you could stand under and then not get crushed by like bits of building or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was very funny. It was like her and. Uh, Alan Tudyk and Ron Funches and like it was it was I I really enjoyed it it didn't didn't take off unfortunately well I I would have watched it if I had known about it they should have yeah. done more uh, yes no advertising. I, I agree it was it was kind of a buried treasure there but yeah she's become like Netflix's Netflix's no, I, Lacey Chabert. I, I really enjoy her um, I also watched this interesting thing on Netflix with Dennis Quaid what was oh it? I haven't watched that yet how is it I actually very happy whatever. I binged it I. I I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I know my complaint is that I had a laugh track, which I didn't like. Oh, was it a show or a movie? It's, it's a it's a show. Oh. Yeah, it's. I think there's maybe about five or six episodes or something like that. Yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, even in the ads, I was like, wow, this laugh track. I is know impressive. It, it doesn't do it just. You know, it it negates. I think all the actual funny jokes mm. and the decent. They have a nice chemistry. Uh, I forgot who else is in it, but Dennis Quaid is the only name that stands out to me right now. But I enjoyed it. We binged it in one day. I oh, cool. really, I really liked it. Yeah, there's a couple of like Christmas sort of limited series happening now. Oh. Uh, there's one that's coming on to Fox. That's like a remake of an Australian show that's set entirely during the holidays. And ABC is airing a Christmas movie this year, like this mm. new one with Leah Michelle. Um, so like, I, the, lo- I love a Christmas TV movie. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the the, the Hallmark Lifetime thing. People have noticed that it's yeah. that it's popular. So like now, Own is showing them, and BET is showing them, and like a lot of different channels are are kind of trying to get in on the action there. And you know, when Netflix is giving us the third. Uh, Oh Whatever boy, the, people the are wild for it. A Christmas Prince. Christmas Prince, thank you. Yeah, yes. it, oh it tracks so well on our, our site when we did a story on the trailer and it like really hit, hit high on the charts. I'm like, wow, I guess there's really a high calling for this. Uh, yeah, I've never understood. I mean, because like the, it, it, Christmas Prince is not all that different from the stuff that like Hallmark and Lifetime does. But I think if you either don't have cable or you think you're too cool for that kind of thing, but then you watch Christmas Prince, you're like, ooh, I, this is my jam. Yeah, this you is know. nice to have on in the background. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. trailer is definitely strong. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting. Are there any more traditions you want to talk about before I go into that? Did, I, did we miss anything? I think we, uh, we probably missed a, a ton of yeah. them. But, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm good. No, I think we, we covered every single tradition in the world, Alonzo. <laughs> in a twist on soothing sounds, we're going to do a music segment for our Christmas episode. We're calling Songs of the Season. 
each of us have chosen a song, a Christmas song that we'd like to share. That's kind of our jam for the season. And I thought I'd kick it off with Alonzo, since you're our guest. Can you tell us about the song of the season you'd like to share? Sure. So this is a song from Tracy Thorne, uh, who was, uh, I guess, what, half of, of Everything But The Girl? You're looking uh, at me. I have no idea. <laughs> You're on your own, Alonzo. Oh, brother. Okay. I, I should have researched this part more. Anyway, uh, she put out a, a really terrific Christmas album uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, every year there's there's a whole new slate of Christmas records. And every so often you come across something like, you know, I think Kelly Clarkson's was really oh, yeah. good. Mm. And, uh, I have yet to really dig that much into Sia's, but I know a lot of people like that one from, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do really love this Tracy Thorne album. And... It is, you know, it's fairly melancholy. So, you know, if, that, if that's your a flavoring that you like in, in your holiday uh, mix, you know, I, I, I don't want to go all bummer all the time. But, you know, I, I think she really captures a certain mood. And, and she even covers, like, some of the great kind of sad Christmas songs ever. So, like, she does a cover of Joni Mitchell's River. She does a cover of Hard Candy Christmas. Uh, from from Best Little Whorehouse. Um, and she has a way of singing that kind of like, you know, puts that mood across. And so the song that uh, I picked is called Joy, which is on the one hand, you know, kind of like uh, downbeat, but I think at the same time is also very sort of celebratory about what's great about the season and and why we get so much joy out of it and and why it makes us feel better and and it even sort of kind of calls up the idea that things can't be that bad and humanity can't be that bad because we came up with this mm-hmm. we we invented christmas and so we can't be all bad you know um and so yeah it 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 it's a it's a song that sometimes makes me cry but it always makes me feel good and uh, it, it really just it captures a lot of what I love about Christmas. So, Joy. Let's listen to Joy by Tracy Thorne. So light the winter fire And watch as the flames grow higher We'll gather up our fears And face down all the coming pretty song. It's beautiful. It's so soft. I I also love the name of this album. It's called Tinsel and Lights. Tinsel and Lights, yes. It came out in uh, October of 2012. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love the title of the album Tinsel and Lights. It's a very evocative image. And Mm. I also like a melancholy... Christmas soundtrack or a reflective Christmas. reflective yeah, yeah but it, it's nice. it she I mean especially like older you get the more like you know like you said earlier the holidays can get sad because people you miss things like that and those songs are very just kind of warm and comforting yeah I, I think I, and, I, and I think that's a, a feature and not a bug of yeah, Christmas you know I, I think because so much of it is centered on nostalgia and mm-hmm. about family yeah the older you get then you know the people that you once spent at, you know, Christmas with are not there anymore. They they passed away. Maybe there's been an estrangement. You know, and and I think it's okay to have that moment and have have those feelings, but you know, also within the context of it being you know a joyous and and wonderful time of the year. And Absolutely. Tracy Thorne, you said Tracy Thorne. Okay, I'll make a note of that because it's hard to find. You want to try and come up with a song for this. 
there's nothing really that sticks out to me or like speaks to me in a way where this is my jam for the season. Yeah. But it's off to explore that. It's very beautiful. Yeah, I've been listening more to more modern Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. enjoying that. And another an album that's not everyone's cup of tea, but because my husband is so into Bright Eyes, mm-hmm. the Bright Eyes Christmas album or the Sufjan Stevens Christmas album. Oh, so, Sufjan. You know, if you're into emo boys screaming and crying, then <laughs> those are some Christmas albums you might want to try. They're, they are melancholy, too. I imagine um, Sufjan's is kind of similar in the yeah Sufjan's is, is very pretty yeah the pretty music in there is very pretty and he does a lot of traditional carols as yeah. well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so Jillian and in a, in a I, I really love your pick I love it so much I want to introduce it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um I actually was watching this film last night it's from the movie The Year Without a Santa Claus mm-hmm. there was a Rankin and Bass uh uh, marathon on AMC yesterday yes. which I knew about thanks to Alonzo <laughs> um and so I caught I don't it's actually the one that I, one of the ones I like the most and never get to watch. Yeah, um, 1974. Yeah, 1974. Um, so it's a stop motion animation, Rankin and Bass movie, The Year Without a Santa Claus. And I'm going to let Jillian take it from here. So what's the song you picked from that movie? Uh, it's the Heat Miser, Cold Miser song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It just cracks me up. The, I think the lyrics are so funny. <laughs> And it's just, it was my favorite part of the movie. And whenever I listen to it, it also reminds me of my mom. Because my mom just sometimes will start singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's the one thing from that TV special that anyone remembers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is no, this it's, number. It's, and it's amazing. It, it's very vaudevillian. Oh, yeah. It's it's just so fun. Um, I was like, when they say, he's too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's very upbeat and fun. I just love it. I want to yeah. be one of them for Halloween. I, just, I well, love e- it so much. Even when even when preparing for, that's, we should do that next year. Is that one one heat, one cold? That's really good. <laughs> yes. Even when I was preparing the songs for this recording, I had them. I had to stop. Listen, I kept watching it over and over again. <laughs> and I so I, I did a mashup of the Snow Miser song and the Heat Miser song. It's a little longer than I usually do for clips, but I feel like this deserves so it. So funny. <laughs> and it's the same singer, right? It's, is it Dick Sean who sings uh, both of them? I oh, think, really? I think. I wrote down the notes. Yeah, I think Dick was the he was the cold cold miser. I'm not sure who the heat miser is. I couldn't find that, but apparently one of the people who wrote the song or co-wrote it also wrote songs for Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's the same company. And um, apparently people will knock on like his name's Maury Laws. I never from Maury Laws. Yeah. Yeah, and then people will knock on his door and ask him if he's the one who wrote the colds and. Cold Miser, Heat Miser. I guess it's so popular. I didn't know. I just thought it was some weird, weirdo little song that I liked, but apparently it's a big hit. Yeah, even when I was in my little Funko Pop craze, one of the rarest pops to get <laughs> are the Snow Miser <laughs> and Heat Miser. It's like really a, a popular little thing. So uh, Dick Sean is the Snow Miser. George S. Irving plays okay. Heat Miser. Well, let's listen to the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser songs. Spliced together. I'm Mr. White Christmas. Green Christmas. 
Also, I apologize. I realized I was saying cold miser. I mean, snow miser. But yeah, it just it always just brings a smile to my face. It's I've loved it since I was little. It just cracks me up each time. It's funny. I, I recently read a thing where Mariah Carey was talking about uh, the writing of uh, All I Want for Christmas, which she co-composed. And that the person that she worked with, she described as how he was with one hand doing kind of a ragtime piano, which you can hear in that song, yeah. and you can totally hear it in the Mi- in, in in the the Miser songs too. That 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 yeah you know, yeah that, that's totally like that 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 kind of like old you know sort of Scott Joplin Roadhouse piano, and both of those songs have it. Yeah, no, it's really jazzy and fun. It really is. It's so fun. <laughs> Putting them together, you realize that. They're, I mean, they're obviously the same song, but I didn't realize they slowed down the Heat Miser a little bit. That like mm. a, it's a slightly slower tempo. His voice is beautiful. I think actually, <laughs> it's gorgeous, Julian. <laughs> it's it works beautiful. for it works. You know, when it's hot, you're yeah, you move exactly. A little slower, well, yeah. especially when the <laughs> I love the Snow Miser is like like he really doesn't stop doing it at a certain point. It's like you're really gonna keep making that cold noise the entire time, like the big bopper or whatever. Yeah, and when I was researching the song, I found this. I think it some tech video saying how the movie was ahead of its time because they were teleconferencing in that scene. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, they, they basically FaceTime each <laughs> other. FaceTime each other, yeah. It's the yeah. first instance of FaceTiming. Well, watching that movie again last night, I got a little frustrated because... So there's a, a scene, you know... First of all, Santa's put off by, like, one doctor's mean little <laughs> prognosis that no one cares about him anymore, and he's like... You're right. I'm not even going to have Christmas this year. And then Mrs. Claus is like, you know what? This is BS. I'm going to get in the sleigh. And so she has a whole song where she puts on Santa's outfit. Oh, right. And imagines herself as Santa. And then I'm like, I'm here for this. This is it. Yes, she's going to get in the sleigh. It's going to be Mrs. Claus's day. And these two elves are like, what are you doing? And she's like, you're right. This won't work. And it's like, they barely even said anything. You've already given up. The, the, it's That's a movie funny. full of quitters is what I'm saying. Yeah. Santa's kind of a bit in a lot of the Rankin-Bass films. Alonzo. I mean, come on. You look at like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and he's like immediately like scratching he Rudolph. such a dilettante. Nose thing. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. And then, oh, now that you're useful, sure, now you well, can Well, at the end of the movie, he's like, I guess there is a lot of kindness in the hearts of children. So like, wait a minute. You're telling me Santa Santa Claus, like <laughs> doubted kids. Yeah. On this <laughs> so I, I agree. The best thing to come out of that movie really is the Snow Miser, Heat mm-hmm. Miser song. They no did question. a live action version in 2006 with yes. um, Michael McKeon and Harvey Firestein. <laughs> I rewatched Ooh. it trying to find this track, and it really is not as bad as I remembered it. Um, John Goodman is Santa? Yeah, John Goodman is Santa. I've never seen it. I've never seen never the full seen movie. It. I've just seen the clip of the Heat Miser Snow Does Miser it, song. Isn't, like, is Carson Cressley in this as like an elf or something? He's an elf every day of the year. This but is true, yes. I'm not sure about that, but I, I sincerely hope so. <laughs> um, one more thing <laughs> One more thing I have to say about this, I watched it last night. The, my favorite thing about this, the number in the stop motion animation version of it 
is the little versions of the snow miser and heat miser that are dancing with them. There's like, mm. like they're one mini third, they're little mini knees and they're dancing. Oh yeah. The heat miser mini knees are adorable. So little, little pot belly heat <laughs> misers in the live action one. They have like, you know, these babes on their arms and it's like, come on. I want to see little versions of Michael McKean and Harvey <laughs> Firestein dancing. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Anyway, I've said too much. I've said too much. <laughs> Good times. Um, all right. So my, uh, song of the season is uh, a newer cut. So Casey Musgraves just came out with a Christmas special mm. called the the Casey Musgraves Christmas Show. Very imaginatively titled. It's on Amazon. You can stream it if you have Amazon Prime. Have you watched um, it? Have I you? have watched it. You know, I I think we touched on this on a previous Christmas episode because the the John Legend Christmas special had come out. Mm, right. Did you enjoy that? Did you like it? It's a little. It, it was. It, it's kind of. It's better than most. I yeah. think. It, uh, most, and we maybe discussed this the last time I was here, but I, I think a lot of contemporary attempts to revive TV variety get caught in this sort of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Can you believe we're doing a variety show? Yes. Aren't these corny? Yes. Um, I think like the best one recently that has sort of split the difference was uh, Sofia Coppola's A Very Murray Christmas on Netflix, um, which played it pretty straightforward yeah. but then kind of gave itself this dream sequence to do like the big glossy ridiculous over the top production number. I still wanted more Christmas from that. Sure, special. no no, that's fair. But I think the John Legend one came closer than most recent attempts to do one of these to actually working. Yeah. I mean, I would say this Casey Musgraves special has the same issue where it's very wink wink nudge nudge. Mm. How retro is this? Right. And I will say though that the saving grace of it is that the music's really good? Oh, good! And so, as corny as the jokes are, it's not funny. It's a it's a little bit too aware of itself. Mm-hmm. But the, when she actually starts singing, I'm like, I w- I'm watching it. I'm riveted because the song. The I love the arrangements. I love her kind of like lilting country voice and the music. It's very sweet. Yeah, I think sometimes they're better off not trying to do the gags and the sketches. Like, I think Amy Grant did a thing for Hallmark Channel last year, and it was literally just an hour of her singing. I was like, great, that's all I want. Right, exactly. I don't need Rip Taylor, you know? (laughs) And I think there are three original songs Mm -hmm. in the the special. So I didn't realize this, because going back into the Casey Musgraves vault, which was Mm -hmm. not that far, but she came out with a very Casey Christmas in 2016. Oh. And she, I think Casey Musgraves exploded like last year, mm-hmm. like 2018. I didn't know who she was before then. And so, but she had come already come with a Christmas album, I guess. So they're retroactively selling her Christmas yes. album here. Okay. They're retroactively selling it it's from 2016. But she did do one new song called Glittery. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, featuring Troy Sivan. And it's a, it's a sweet little ditty. So let's listen to Glittery by Casey Musgraves featuring Troy Sivan. Shake me up and turn me upside down just like a snowball And every time you touch me I shiver right down my toes You got a strange effect on me You know you make me feel so glittery You light me up like starlight on a Christmas tree Every single kiss is like a Nice voice. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's very, it's very pretty, and I like the title "Glittery." Yeah, there, there's. Cute. I think maybe my favorite 
of her Christmas songs is Ribbons and Bows. It's really upbeat and like, you know, you kind of want to like mm-hmm. dance with your shopping cart and Target to it. <laughs> it's that kind of song. But I chose this one because it's newer. <laughs> but I also think it's very pretty. Well, that, that opening instrumental intro has a real kind of 70s feel to it. Like I thought she was about to launch into Baby I'm a Want You or something. Um, <laughs> her, her special actually has her wearing a lot of 70s outfits. Yeah, it's oh, really She's really trying to channel Cher in, okay. the, in the special. Well, that, that's kind of like the, the apex of, I think, TV variety yeah. is that that era and share and you know Tony Orlando and Dawn and when like they said so like if you had a couple of hit songs like they would give you a show and mm-hmm. like they, they gave one to the Starland vocal band just for doing afternoon delight for heaven's sake <laughs> you just never know um, but yeah that I, and again I, I can see where I think a lot of sort of new versions of variety shows try to harken back to that specific point in time. But yeah, that's a, that's a nice song. Yeah. I'm finding that there are a lot of very serviceable Christmas songs coming out from newer artists. There was a, I feel like there really was a fallow period there there really wasn't mm-hmm. anything good coming out. We were just kind of sticking with the staples. Right. And now we're getting some good new stuff, you know, and you can definitely tell, I think there are people who, because it's, it's now been what, 25 years since, all I Want for Christmas came out, mm-hmm. which was the last like really smash hit one. Right. Everyone's like, okay, this, maybe now it's time for like another one, you know? Yeah. Uh, Who's going to get it? <laughs> so who knows? I mean, I, I, as much as I love Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree, it feels like a calculated effort to be All I Want for Christmas. Like it has mm-hmm. that, 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 that same sort of Phil Spectory sound that, that, that All I Want for Christmas has. Yeah. You know, but I, I still I love, love it. it. Yeah. It's a great I, song. I, I, yeah. I listen to it every year. Yeah, me too. That concludes our Sounds of the Season segment. Unfortunately, the Polar Express has come into the station. Uh, It's time for Alonzo to board and go back to Christmas Con. (laughs) (laughs) And stay clear of those Aerosmith elves. (laughs) (laughs) My God, what a horrific movie. (laughs) Uh, it really is like that should be a Halloween movie. Oh, Uncanny. I've never understood the those appeal, dead but, eyes. Ugh. But the candle. So we are smelling Snowed In, which mm, is one of the new Target line of candles. If you walk into a Target in the holiday season, you'll find in their home area they have a ton of these like antique glass kind of reflective candles. One of them is called Holly Jolly. And that's like a red candle. They have a green one that's like a pine scent. Mm. Um, they have snowed in. And then the other one that's gold is called, it's like a by the fireside, oh. which had a really great smell to it. But I feel like we review a lot of those types of candles those kind yeah. of like smoky candles. So I thought I'd give snowed in felt like it split the difference between like too sweet and um, musky. Try <laughs> something new. Yeah. So what do we think? Well, this is my favorite season of candles yeah. and hand soap in general. Like, because everything's either sort of like clovey or mm-hmm. piney, and like th- those are totally my my faves. I'm getting like this isn't an overwhelming scent, but I'm sensing some like vanilla. Vanilla, it's yeah, very it's vanilla. Like a frosting kind yeah. of. It's a frosting scent. I'm getting a little bit of peppermint in there. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Once yeah. I get closer to the candle, I can definitely smell the peppermint. I think it's a beautiful looking candle, those twinkly. Yeah, I like the way the the, the 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 like you said the sort of speckled glass mm-hmm. kind of reflects the light, and it's giving you like sugar cookie ambience without being that like Cloning. fake yeah. cook baking candle, which never really smells like the thing it's supposed to smell like. Yeah, my, my favorite holiday candle is uh, Yankee Candles uh, North Pole, 
okay. which is like their snow scent. Mm. And it's really just like a peppermint, a light vanilla peppermint. It's mm. like, it's actually very, very, very similar to this. Okay. And it's light. It's not overbearing. And I just really like that kind of like that vanilla frosting and peppermint scent mm. for the holidays. It really hits it for me. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite is still the the the, the Ralph Lauren holiday oh, cake. Yeah, so, so, before. so blingy. Um, but uh, well, so, the, but the great lovely, thing also though. is like, I mean, we we lit that thing on Thanksgiving, and it's going to get us through the end of the yeah. year because it is a you know, it's yeah. a, it, we didn't even get like the big three wicker, but like just a one wick, it, it it burns very slowly and has a really strong kind of clovey ambience. Well, the other thing I'm noticing nice is that this is a soy candle, mm. and I've been experimenting with candles a lot like lately. And I'm starting to realize a soy base wax, yeah. it, it burns a lot more slowly than other types of wax, mm. I think. I think so, too. That's my experience yeah, because true. there are other candles I'm like, why is this already gone? It's, it's not, it's, <laughs> it barely got me through two sittings. But this one, I actually lit it last night. It was on for like five hours. It barely made a dent in it. Hmm. And so I'm looking forward to getting a decent amount of burn time on it because of the soy wax. So this will be a holiday candle that will get you through the holidays. I don't think at the rate that I'll be using it will, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, you can get a larger size of it too. They come in like three different sizes. Mm. I would give it a wick. I give it a wick as well. Oh yeah, a wick for sure. I'm so glad we have a guest who knows the rating system on the show. Um, I always fumble through explaining it. Our nonsensical, I've been meaning to change the rating system since we started. (laughs) Nah, um, it's fine. And haven't gotten around to it. Like, why don't I just do thumbs up, thumbs down? Like wick on, wick off or... I, just, no, I, I like, I like that you have the half. That's, okay. You know, I, yeah. I smash the binary. All right. I won't change anything or do any more work. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe we've already concluded our Christmas I know. episode. I know. The, the, the season does slip by you before you even know. I could, yes. I could stay here and with the two of you and be cozy all season. <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye. Alonzo, where can people get more cozy Christmas content? Where can they follow you on social media? Uh, I am at A Duralde, A D as in David, U R A L D E on Twitter. Um, I am, if Google is to be trusted, pretty much the only Alonzo Duralde on earth. So I'm very mm-hmm. easy to find on Facebook. Uh, at Linoleum Cast is my Instagram. I, I also have alonzo.duralde just so nobody else would take it but i never <laughs> post anything there and uh yeah you can read me at the rap t-h-e-w-r-a-p.com uh you can hear me on the linoleum knife breakfast all day and uh who shot your podcast as you mentioned at the top of the show and the book is have yourself a movie little christmas uh, available uh as a print edition or kindle from amazon and wherever books are sold it is such a wonderful little coffee table book i have mine by um you know, where I sit and watch TV, I oh. just grab it occasionally, like during commercial breaks. <laughs> there like, it is. Read a little entry. I'm right there by all the cozies. It's you are, yeah. So I also am a, I'm a, a freak who has his cozy mysteries out for Christmas, all the <laughs> Christmas-themed ones. Do yourself a favor. It's a great stocking stuffer. Get, have yourself a movie, a little Christmas. Thank you. And by all means, listen to the Linoleum Knife. Yes. It's my. It's the only podcast of the cinema that I listen to. <laughs> oh, it's the only one I well, need. Thank you. We appreciate it. And you know, y'all need to come on again. It's oh yeah. Yes, yeah. please. I would, I would I love nothing more than that. Awesome. Yeah that that concludes today's episode. I do want to say, like, you know, if you want to leave a present under our tree, you can give us a little stock our stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stuffing stuff our stock. <laughs> um, you could also stock their stuffing. I yeah. suppose. <laughs> So, I, I need more coffee. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, well. And leave them five stars. Yeah, leave yeah. us five stars on, um, you know, wherever you listen to the podcast. And, but yeah, you know, well, well you can, I, I always say shimmy down the chimney because I love that phrase. <laughs> if you want to shimmy down our chimney and stock our stuffing. Yeah, um, your presents in our you shoes. Can, you can, 
<laughs> Leave us a present in our shoe. That, that's going to be your single, I think, from yeah. your first album, Shimmy Down the Chimney. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash allthingscozy. Love our patrons. We love all of our listeners and all yes. of you. And thanks to everyone who wished us a happy Thanksgiving. One of our listeners sent us a beautiful photo of their yams. Yeah, so send, send us those photos of your yams and your decorations yeah. and all of that. Stock your own stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> And check out the All Things Cozy Facebook group. There's always lots of great oh, conversations oh, yeah. happening always pop in. And our Instagram page. We're on Facebook and Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast. <laughs> you know, cozy content 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, Never ending. Yeah, we hope you all are having a really wonderful holiday. And from all of us here at All Things Cozy, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.